0: Welcome to our sixth episode of the Cyber Work Live podcast webinar by Infosec. As you may know from our weekly Cyber Work podcast, we've talked with over 200 different industry thought leaders about cybersecurity trends, the way those trends affect the work of Infosec professionals, and we've offered tips for breaking in or moving up the ladder in the cybersecurity industry. And today, for the sixth time in a year and a half, it is all happening live. I am Chris Senko, Cyberwork live host and InfoSec director of online content, and as you can see, we've got return guests today, uh, and we're doing a, f- a familiar topic, cybersecurity project management, a peek behind the curtain. Uh, first up, we have Jackie Olshak, senior program manager at Dell Technologies. Jackie Olshack worked almost 20 years as legal secretary or paralegal for multiple patent corporate law firms. As a project manager, Jackie Uh, has 15 years of experience of managing and implementing IT programs successfully. Uh, She's an expert on NIST 171 and 853 principles, CMMC, and FedRAMP uh, process as well. Uh, She implements IT compliance programs and leads cross-functional teams working successfully with executive leadership. Next, please welcome Ginny Morton, Advisory Manager, Identity Access Management at Deloitte Risk and Financial Advisory. Jenny Morton's career with cybersecurity spans over 17 years. During this time, she has led teams to improve organization cybersecurity practice, beginning with infrastructure, network, identity, all the way to endpoint security process improvement. Additionally, Ginny is an expert in program and project management, both in Waterfall and Scale Agile. Outside of Deloitte, Ginny is a lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Army Reserve and specializes in network and system engineering and security. She actively engages in helping veterans to transition from military to the private sector workforce and participates in many veterans outreach programs. Jackie and Ginny, thank you for being here and welcome to Cyber Work Live. Glad to
1: be here. Glad
0: to be here. Good to see you both again. So uh, we will be taking questions from the audience as they come in throughout the event. So feel free to uh, drop them in the chat. But our presentation is also pretty structured around a set of specific questions or topics to be answered. So uh, the first live episode with Jackie and Ginny, we dealt with things like getting your foot in the door of cybersecurity project management, including making a good first impression on your resume and your interview and crafting your elevator pitch. Uh, But this time we're going to talk about Jackie and Ginny's insights and tips for making cybersecurity projects run smoothly and with maximum time and cost efficiency. So our first slide here, putting fears to rest. Uh, Yes, non-technical project managers can move into a cybersecurity or tech space. So right from the lead slide, I want to emphasize that this live event isn't just about project management. This is specifically about project management in a cybersecurity or related sphere. And I note that because both Jackie and Ginny have received numerous questions of concern from project managers who don't feel that they have sufficient technical background, even as veteran PMs to enter the space. So, uh, Jackie, I want to start with you. What would you say to the listener with these with these types of fears?
2: So I would say, of course, you can do it. You know, I did it. I went from, as you as you mentioned, being a secretary. I also went from learning and development project management into IT project management. So it can be done. Um, but you need to be clear on what you want to do. And the good thing about project management is if you if you've got a good uh, environment, someone's gonna give you a, um, a scope someone's going to give you a SOW and SOW a statement of work. Someone's going to tell you what they're trying to do. They're going to set structure and parameters for you. So you're going to have scope, you're going to have a timeline, you're going to have a budget, and you're also going to know the type of resources available. That is what a project manager is responsible for. Take that into the cyberspace. So you need to be To understand what that group or what that team or what that initiative is trying to accomplish within that triple constraint. It can be done, but you've got to focus on the scope and ultimately what that group or what that team wants to achieve, what they want the end goal, end product to be. Um, Jenny, maybe you can add a little more to that, make it a little more clear.
1: Yes, uh, on top of what Jackie said, just to level everybody up, regardless you want to be or you're already a project manager or you might have an opportunity in the future. No, you don't need to be technical to be a cyber project manager. but doesn't mean you don't learn. So what does that mean? Which means is on top of what Jackie said, you have your tri- triple constraint, you have to look at, okay, what is it I'm implementing? If you don't know anything, let's say you don't know anything about cybersecurity or IT per se, look at that equipment, talk to your SME, as in, what is this stand for in the cybersecurity world? Where will you, for ex- i give you an example. Hey, my team wants to replace this firewall in general. Okay, good. You know it's a firewall. Maybe you want to do some research on the piece of equipment appliance to understand what it does. And then look more ahead in the future okay, what does it do in the organization? Where is it in cybersecurity? Any mm-hmm. of the cybersecurity aspect, knowledge or parameter, you can find it online. And did right. mm-hmm. you know, cybersecurity have eight domains. So maybe right. start from there. What domain it is, okay, firewall sit in what domain and then what, okay, it's network security now. So where is it? So as you get better understanding, into this world as a project manager you will and i'll give yourself a go to. every time when you project something at the end of the project you need to be somewhat of a domain expert of that product if you can make yourself doing that i'm not saying you need to learn how to implement or you need to learn how to work that product that's not what i mean i mean is okay now i learn firewall so right. in the future, mm-hmm. when somebody, say, I will, I will be able to tell you the function and everything. What does it do for your organization?
0: Yeah, I think I think there needs to be a distinction when people say, you know, I am i don't want to get it, you know, I'm a project manager, but I don't want to get into cyberspace because I I don't have enough tech knowledge. I think there's a big difference between having enough technical knowledge in cybersecurity to do project management versus, you know, the sort of, uh, you know, wake up from a nightmare sort of scenario of like telling a, an interview like, oh, yeah, I can, you know, I can completely configure a firewall or I can completely, you know, build us, you know, and then and then have to sit there and go, I have to learn this over the weekend. It's never going to work like you don't need you don't need to be a complete expert in cybersecurity. Right. You just need to understand like what, you know, a project is a project. You just need to know what the specific uh, uh, nuances of a cybersecurity project are. Is that am I, am I sort of summarizing that right?
2: Yes, you oh, are. And, and I would mm-hmm, that is perfect. I, I would just add this point, you know, um, as an example, <clears throat> you can run a bakery shop without knowing how to cook. Right. You, you, mm-hmm. So uh, if you can understand what you need to produce, when you need to produce it and what you need to do to get it done within that time frame, You can do this. If you're a project manager, you have the basic foundational skills to transition into cybersecurity. I mentioned this before and I'll share it again. By no means do I consider myself a, a cyber expert, but what I have done is, uh, in the beginning I would read, um, uh, the security plus manual, the network plus manual, and I've dug into the CISSP manual, not to take the certification, but I want to understand the parameters of what I'm interacting with. I, I work with the experts all day long, but I want to be able to understand a little bit about what they're doing and whether or not they're
0: on track. So you definitely can do this. It's doable. Yeah. I love that. Uh, So uh, we're eight minutes in and already we've got a a question from the uh, from the listeners here. So uh, thank you very much for uh, your active engagement. Uh, Haikau Balk says, how does implementation of a cybersecurity project work for SMBs where there's limited resources, especially in terms of technical expertise and budget? So I I felt like that was kind of out of the scope of what we were going to say anyway. So let's let's sort of start with answering that question. Then we can get back to the slides.
2: So, I mean, I don't fully understand how to answer it. At the end of the day, you need to implement something. What is that? Again, that's your scope. Mm-hmm. What I don't know and what I SMB can... is. Oh, smaller medium. Oh, SMB business. subject matter
1: expert. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I a, thought you were. Was... Small, small,
0: yeah, smaller medium business. So it's, it's putting oh a, a project together where there's limited resources, whether it's money or in this case, he's saying technical expertise and budget. Well,
2: I'm going to, I'm going to let you in on a secret. There's always going to be limited resources and, and limited yeah. budget, right? <laughs> that's
0: always yeah, no going to one, be- no one's getting everything they want. <laughs> uh,
2: unless you, um, I, I understand in Nevada, when you're building uh, casinos, you have an unlimited budget, but yeah. anyway, <laughs> right. um, that's always the case. So what you need yep. to do or what the sponsor needs to tell you is what is, what is what what does go live look like at the end of the day? What, what is the deliverable? What does it need to do? How does it need to function? What do the end users need to be able to do when you get that, then you determine what the resources and the budget is. And, and folks, this may be painful, but your, your organization relies on you to do this. You've got to let them know whether it's achievable or not. And sometimes you're going to have to say, we can't do that. We can't give you the quality you want. Um, where can we tweak, modify? What can we what trade off can we make? You, so yep. you, you've you got to assess that and then be willing to have the factual conversation with the sponsor or whoever is is um, putting the, uh, that initiative in your hands.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so I, think I will. I will it, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, Jenny.
1: Sorry, I'll add on to it, and it's very true. You will always have resource constraint. It doesn't matter how big or how small your organization is. And funny thing is, you, you're hoping that your end user or your customer know what the end's supposed to look like. Most of them don't. So what can you do as a project manager? Everything Jackie said, so to summarize, how do you do st- stakeholder engagement? Mm-hmm. How do you manage your stakeholder expectation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you analyze your resource into putting in yeah. a big picture? Okay, you, you might want C because from what I'm listening, you might want C. However, because of this and you identify factually in the organized fashion, this is your resource. This is your constraint. I can do A if I have that. I can do B with this timeline. If you want to, mm-hmm. me to do C, I will need a. I will need one, two, three, four. If right. you can successfully identify that, your stake, that is called stakeholder management. You may. Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> I think we, uh, yeah, Jenny Gin- warned us that, uh, that there's a, okay, here we go. Are you there?
2: So to piggyback on what she was saying, that's stakeholder management, but when and they I'm are relying on.
1: Yes, and and you will not you it will not go. So yes, like Jackie said, your organization rely on you to produce that solution. To make sure you always go in with options and solutions, don't go in just say yes or no. Right,
0: right, right, right. Yeah, I was going to say that as you were saying uh, that before, Jackie. I think when people worry about oh, I don't have enough technical expertise, the 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 skill you really need to to have is the 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 ability to forcefully say we cannot give you what you want at this budget and then this time frame, but we can give you this instead. Like I, you know, I think that's kind of an underrated uh, project manage- management skill is to, is to like be really honest about what you can and can't deliver, right. uh, you know, and not just keep things on it, but also let them know this is, this is how it sort of has to be. So uh, boy, right. this this question sort of sparked off a bunch of uh, questions. So I guess I'm going to uh, uh, pause on the, the presentation a little bit longer here to ask them. So, um, Sasha Hendrickson says, uh, I am getting certificates in cybersecurity, but when it comes to project management, uh, companies require PMP as well. What do you think? It's a lot of certificates to enter the industry, although you said it's not so, um, uh, Daryl James answered the first person's question about small, medium businesses. He says, you can leverage various vendors that have resources to help offset the skills gap, uh, which I think is a, a good point. There's a, there's a lot of sort of people who will hire someone, you know, hire a freelance uh, or, you know, person to do it until you have the you know, the in, in-house in skilling. But um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Ben Ben uh, Ifogas says, it's amazing how much certifications or organizations want when seeking a cybersecurity PM. How do you navigate through such requests with lots of companies out there? Some even go as far as asking for CISSP. So, I mean, I think one of the, you know, the answers to that is uh, <laughs> if, if you don't want to get a CISSP, maybe don't apply to that place. But uh, <laughs> can, you, can you talk about the, uh, you know, I, I'm always sort of sensitive to uh, you know getting balancing the discrepancy between what people are experiencing in the world and 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 the experts uh, talking on the show. So can you talk about the sort of uh, certification overload that might be happening with project managers right now?
2: So i'll I'll take that. Um, think about why they're asking for it. The, The whole reason they're even asking for it is they want the experience behind what those letters suggest you have. So in your resume, if you do have that experience, you need to get crystal clear and document that. Don't put a lot of fluff and puff in your resume. If you have the skills that a CISSP should have, make sure that's articulated very clearly in your resume because at the end of the day, that's really what employers want, not necessarily the alphabet. They wanna make sure you have the experience, that certification, Um, tags you with. Um, And folks, I want to be very clear. Certs aren't the end all be all. If you can prove your experience, that'll open the door for you. I I had a woman contact me from uh, my earlier podcast with you guys, Chris, and she has PMP agile certification, risk certification, all from PMI. She said, Jackie, I, I don't have any project management experience. And I said, you you've been certified, but you don't have any project management experience. How did you get the cert? So some way, yeah. somehow she slipped through and I, mm-hmm. I told her, you know, that, that raises an integrity question, but that's another story. So the point I'm trying to make is don't get caught up in the certifications. If you have the experience you need to build your network. And I think that piece is coming up and we'll talk about that. But uh, Jenny, um, maybe you have something to say on that.
1: Demand and supply, right? So I want you guys to understand why, what the intention of the organization asking. Yes, the organization yes. asking all that because they don't know you. In order to yep. assure the experience, they have to ask that. But yep. J- Jackie is on point, it's on your resume. How do you advertise yourself? How do you sell yourself? Mm-hmm. Or oh, by the mm-hmm. way, when you go on to the interview, how are you selling yourself? And we talked about it last time. The most difficult question in the interview, to be surprised, is actually, tell me about yourself.
0: Right. How
1: do you? How are you able to articulate that? This comes from experience. And yep. I did not have a cert, any PMP cert, when I become a project manager. But I was able to do the job. I was able to articulate what I was doing in turn to catch people's attention. So it's give and take the The certification does help you into getting you into the door, at least get the interview, but you are the reason how you get the job.
0: Yes. Yeah. And, you know, we, we talk about this on the podcast all the time to be, be aware of, of, of a, you know, a job description that asks for an alphabet of certifications and really look at what they're expecting from you if they say you know CISSP what do they actually need from you that CISSP level you know they, they there's always mm-hmm. a chance that you know HR is just is just throwing yes. high level certs in because they want high level candidates it doesn't mean you necessarily need yeah. CISSP level skills they just this is their winnowing mechanism and it's you know i think it's something the whole the whole industry is is kind of taking to task this sort of Lazy reflexivity of, of just asking for elite people for average jobs and so forth. So, you know, keep that in mind as well. Unless it's something where you need like really high level access and you absolutely know how to need to know how to sort of build a system from scratch or what have you, then maybe you don't actually need that. Like you said, just show your skills, uh, show them what they actually want because they might not know what they want. Either they don't know you or they don't know what the project's going to be. They just think if we get someone super qualified, they can do it. So, um, so I want to mm-hmm. jump on. Uh, so the 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 we're going to sort of structure this, as I said, as like walking through a, a hypothetical project here. And we'll we'll uh, we'll do our best to, to keep on on course here. But um, so the first mm-hmm. steps to taking take once the project is announced and the team is selected, including first day on a project stories. So uh, we're going to structure this talk by walking through. Uh, so I want to talk about the first day of the project. The project's been announced. The team has been chosen. So, uh, I'm gonna start with Ginny. So why don't you both talk about some of your experiences on the first day of certain projects? And you said, you've had, had some, some wild stories here. So, uh, can we, we talk about how to (laughs) get off on the right foot?
1: Sure. Um, no second chance to make a first impression. I I think it's really interesting, but let me tell you something. Sometimes you do have second chance, but it all depends on you. Uh, I would say the second chance is actually less when it comes to dealing with your teams. So you really need to make a first impression and I can tell you a good story. Um, That was a project I was on. Well, before I was on, uh, the team just hated project managers. They really hated Mm -hmm. project manager. They didn't want any project manager. They just wanted to do their own things. And even my director was kind of struggling to put the right person in and because there was a task that was need to be done. Uh, four months later, it wasn't done mm. and uh, nobody wanted to take it. So eventually, and I wasn't cybersecurity at the time. I was IT and that was a cybersecurity project. So I just raised my hand. I'm like, I will, I'll take it. So I went in there and the team, when I listened, the first thing I did is I listened to them. I had to, hey, what's going on? Where are we at now? Tell me, talk to me. And they did they were actually really great. They have a plan and they have the risk. They identify the risk. And because of me willing to take time to listen to them. And after everything makes sense and I became the speaker for them. And I yeah. was able to use all of their technical skill, their configuration, everything to draft up a plan. But like, hey, this is what we need to do. Hey, uh, these, these are the approval we need to get. And I became their partner to get the approval, to help them get the approval. And in turn, the project was done within two weeks. Can you even believe it? A four-month delayed project was done within two weeks. And later on, we became friends. So the, Mm. the impression is based on, okay, the first impression is really important. If you think you're a project manager because you have the manager title, right? You go in, you want to start tasking them. You don't listen to them. You don't try to understand what the angle is, what the project, the goal of the project, what goal lies, I mean, just like what Jackie said. If you don't understand that you go in there, but like everybody got to make the deadline, then you're not going to go anywhere. But if you go in, you listen, you have an open heart, yeah. nine out of 10, you'll be successful.
2: Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I I, I piggyback on what she's saying. You definitely want to uh, listen and um, you definitely you definitely want to. How do I say this? You don't want to you want it to be collaborative. You want it to be a team. You don't want it to be. It's my way or the highway. I'm the project manager. I'm the program manager. I'm the leader. I know what's best. Um, You got to make folks feel like they are part of whatever it is you're doing. If you isolate the folks on your team, the SMEs, the one doing the work, you won't have a successful project.
0: For sure. Yeah. And I think, I wonder if, uh, you know, Ginny's story about like, you know, this team hated project managers and they just want to do their own thing. Was it maybe because they had those kind of my way or the highway type project managers in the past. And and just sort of, yeah.
1: And sometimes project manager will will listen to the team. And this is one thing is not to do. They listen to the team. However, when they go to a leadership meeting and leadership was like, well, I want ABC done right away. And they forget everything. The team tell them, but like, okay, we'll do it. And then you go back to the team, but like, Hey, on this day, on this day, we need to do this. But what happened to everything they just tell you. (laughs)
0: Uh-huh, <laughs> and uh-huh. you
1: supposed to be the one develop a timeline. Hey, leadership Share said that, piece. but yeah. hey, because of this, I think the timeline should be like this. This is the reason behind. And yeah. if you're able to list the reason, your leadership will listen to you, and they'll be like, "All right, let's move the timeline. Let's do that. Let's we baseline." And they will. And but if you don't do that, you go in there not understanding what your team trying to tell you, and then when management right. said yes, and then you said yes, and then you go back to the team, but like you need to do this regardless then that will be
0: the problem. Not enough to listen. You have to actually uh, take what you heard and (laughs) tell tell the management that. Yeah, action. So Jackie, you told me about something we, uh, uh, can you talk to me about something we discussed earlier? You mentioned uh, uh, that a tip for project managers was to, quote, network within your organization so everybody knows (laughs) you well in advance. Uh, Can you talk more about this and some strategies for a successful in-office interdepartmental uh, networking process?
2: Right. So, I mean, I think you're only as successful as a project manager as your network is strong or as broad as your network is. And and what do I mean by that? I mean, you've got to you've got to build. I don't want to say friendships, but I'll say friendships, alliances. You've got to get to know people. People have to get to know you because sometimes you may have a project that needs something. I don't know what the something is. It, you may need to get an answer. You don't know where to get that answer, but if you've built a network, you've got folks, resources that you can reach out to and say, "Hey." And I'm just going to refer to a couple of the questions I see here. You may have a question around costs or resources, right? And you don't know yeah. how to. You don't know how to figure that out. Maybe you have a have a, someone in your network you can pose that question to, but you can't be a Successful project manager as an island. It's it's not just yeah. you mm-hmm. by yourself. So you've you've got to be comfortable introducing yourself. You've got to be comfortable making people comfortable sharing with you. Because as a project manager, and it, particularly in cyber, depending on what area of cybersecurity you're working on, your company's reputation is at stake and people on your team, they may have an answer, but if they think you're going to blow up, if you're going to receive the information the wrong way, they may hold off sharing it with you. So you definitely want to network. You definitely want to be someone people are comfortable coming to with Mm -hmm. problems and what that'll do for you. That'll, that'll build your, Value in the organization, right? Folks will know you as the person they can come to and share problems with, and you can figure out, or at least direct them to how to get solutions and answers. But um, if you're the only one who knows you're a great project manager, if your boss is the only one that knows you are a great project manager, that's that's not uh, that's not going to help you with your future. No. As a PM and your future at the company, I think I'm kind of getting long-winded. But Jenny, I don't know if you have something to add to that.
1: I actually see a very interesting question from Munzuru, and I hope I pronounced your name right. And it's like, can an introvert, can be a a project manager? And the answer is absolutely. Absolutely. So let me tell you, project project manager, you don't need to be a social butterfly. And I can tell you I might be extroverted, but sometimes I can be very introvert. What I found successful is as a project manager on top of what Jackie said, network, but how do you network? You don't, you can, like Jackie is a very outspoken person. She can go just set up a random meeting to introduce that. Well, I'm really proud of her on that. She makes good relationship. But for me, mm-hmm. I don't, because in this aspect, I'm pretty introverted. I do my job. However, let's say I need to reach out to Jackie because I have something I need to ask her, I'll be like, hey, Jackie, how are you? Can you help me with this? This is your situation. Mm-hmm. And then in turn, we start building a relationship. And it's just a one-on-one. And I'm not going to be like, hey, Jackie, how are you? Doing? It's good to... that." <laughs> you don't need that. Be, mm-hmm. be yourself. Be a person. Hey, Jackie, yeah. I, I'm having a problem with this. You think you can help me? And when the person helps you after that, and I will say this is very important. Show appreciative. Hey, Jackie, that works. Mm -hmm. Thanks. You're awesome. Thank you for helping me. A simple sentence like that will help you establish your network. And that's what I do because it makes me comfortable. I don't reach out to people just to reach out to people because I'm uncomfortable. If I'm I'm comfortable, I'll do that. Right.
0: Right yeah and i mean i i I can't speak to you know your particular organizations, but I imagine like each of your teams is is gonna be each project's gonna have a different team depending on who your you know what your deliverable is and so forth so just you know you you can't just be friends with the people on you know or connected with people on this team like if you know everyone, then mm-hmm. as soon as that next project comes together, you say, oh hey, it's good to see you again looking forward to working with you on this thing and you know, I think it's all part of a, a larger uh, process of, of, and also what a project manager is is you are sort of the, the liaison to all these different parts of the company, right? Yep. Yep. That's for um.
1: sure.
0: Okay, so let's go to slide number three. Uh, I'll I'll make the map. All you have to do is follow it. So uh, this next question isn't really cybersecurity PM specific, but I think it's an important skill to have. So, uh, And we actually have a question from uh, one of our listeners that that relates to it, so I think uh, it's definitely on people's minds. Uh, How do you make sure that everyone from the team members responsible for the deadlines to the stakeholders that ask for those deadlines understand uh, what needs to be done to keep the project on schedule? Uh, Do you both – Build in contingency plans up front if a step starts falling behind. Do you uh, create a buffer in the schedule without telling anyone? Of course. Um, uh, what what do you do? And also, uh, one of our, our uh, listeners asked, "What is a cybersecurity project manager's greatest hurdle in order to deliver value to a business, whether it's budget, innovation, management, buy-in, etc.?" And I feel like that's also related here. So, like, so talk about how how we. We build the timeline and get the buy-in and get the realistic deadlines uh, going. So, uh, Ginny, do you want to start with this one?
1: Sure. So, yes, you are always going to be the one making the map and making the timeline. And be prepared. Your timeline is going to fall through and your plan is going to fall through. And you're going to ask, what's the point of building a plan? So let me tell you, building a plan is when everything fails. You got something to fall back on, looking at the plan to try to get yourself uh, back on track, maybe with an alternate plan, update a plan. So you do need that. And the second thing is really communication and accountability. You're going to have a big teams. Teams, they have their day job, which is whoever manager they answer for. And you're a project manager for th- this particular task. So how do you leverage that? understand what they're working on. If you know, if you talk to the team enough, communicate with them enough, if you cannot meet the deadline, please come tell me and give me the reason so I can speak for you. And if you have people really, they just can't meet that line is because of will or skill, that will be a conversation for you between you and his manager. But like, hey, how do you coach the person? How do you close the gap and leverage that person? Uh, up or maybe worst case scenario give me another resource that Mm -hmm. is easy to say it's very easy for me to say all of that right and you're probably thinking yeah it's easy to say that it is that requires a lot of work on your part to communicate Mm -hmm. coordinate follow up and really understand what needs to be done in order to lead your team into getting the deadline done
0: yeah, Jackie, anything to, to add in terms of uh, the, the the start of the project?
1: Well, w- with
2: regard to timeline, I ch- I rely on the team. So you know, depending on what we have to do, it, um, I, it, this is a bad example. I'll just use baking a cake. Depending on what kind of cake you want, it, you need to know how 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 many eggs what the ingredients are, what do you set the oven to, how much stirring, how much sifting, whatever that is. Those are different tasks. You aren't going to do the tasks. You're going to make sure they get done. You're going to make sure they're done in the proper order, but you need individual SMEs to do that. Who's the sifter? Who's going to stir? Whatever that is, they should be able to tell you, those SMEs, how long it's going to take them to do that task. They're the expert based on that information, you put your timeline together. Now, I really don't build wiggle room in a timeline because I want to see exactly what I'm working with. And um, folks who work with me, they'll tell you, I'll hold you to that. You know, if you told me you're baking me a one level cake, I want a one level chocolate cake. That's what we're getting. Um, And if it's supposed to be due on Sunday at three, Sunday two forty five. You know I'm expecting that to be delivered. The reason mm-hmm. I say you don't put the timeline together yourself and you rely on the team because that's how you make it collaborative. You didn't say you right. have to do this, uh, and you give them a timeline. You want them to tell you how long it'll take because if they right. tell you, I can I need an entire day to do this. If that pushes the deliverable out past the timeline your sponsor wants, you need to know that and you need to be able to communicate that to your sponsor. So you can say, we have a risk where it can't be done. How do you Mm -hmm. know what your risks are if you don't engage the team to get their feedback? So um, uh, it's, it's not really cut in stone, but as Jenny says, you know, nine times out of 10, you're probably going to have some, some delay, but again, I go back to networking and making the team feel collaborative because when someone can't do what you're depending on them to do, none of us wants to give bad news, right? So you want to be the project manager that makes people comfortable sharing. They've got a risk, they have a problem, and you want to be that person that helps them work that out. Uh, I mean, I've gotten nah. off
0: track. Here. <laughs> no, I like that because that actually that also jumps into a question that uh, Deborah just asked us. Because you you came back to networking, and Deborah asked, "How do you network in COVID and remote work situations?" You know, and I think networking obviously works best face to face, but can you uh, give some strategies of uh, for how to sort of tie your your company together in in these uh, sort of remote and maybe a little bit lonesome times?
2: So, uh, you know what, I'm going to give you realistic things that I do. When I first started okay. at my company, you know, I I, I just sort of you, you get hired. You got to you're the new employee. You want to use your newness to your advantage. All of the questions you have, all of the things you need to know to do your job. You want to use that new employee space to get answers mm-hmm. to that. But after I'd been there a while, you know, I, I wanted to meet other people. And so I just reach out, however your platform allows you to do that. We have teams. So I'd reach out, yes, to VPs, senior VPs, senior directors. You better have a plan when you do that. Um, And I just say, hey, I'd like to get some time on your calendar, understand um, how you got to where you are in the company and what advice would you give me? You know, you may say, I'd like to have a soft conversation, um, and just see how they respond. And I, w- I did that to a number of leaders and you'd be amazed at how many people would give you the time of day, um, and just give you the lay of the land, what they do, what their pain points are, um, What works, what doesn't work. You want to understand the the culture. So, um, Deborah, that's a great question. I would just say think about who you want to meet, what you want to know before you reach out to individuals, especially senior leaders. Make sure you understand where they are on the org chart, read them, read their background on LinkedIn. Some of them blog, read that so that when you approach them, you're not just asking or you have pointed articulate questions so that it doesn't seem like, you want to appear like, you know, you want to appear like, you know, why you've put time on their calendar, but more importantly, why they should should give you that time. Right. So right. it's it's not a question of um, do I network? Y- you must network. That's how you grow your career. That's how you grow your brand. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, 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 that's what I do. All right. Well, you you said the word pain point, the magic words here. So, number 4, unleashing your inner drill sergeant. Uh some common pain points a cybersecurity project manager addresses regularly. So, Uh, We come to the inevitable point where no matter how structured you are, no matter how tightly you run your ships, things start going wrong. Someone gets sick or there's an Internet outage or someone doesn't have access to their computer or the dog ate their firewall or whatever. But uh, what are some strategies that you've both come up to deal with slowdowns and delays? And also, I want to mention um, uh, Aline Lockhart says, how do you work with a manager who doesn't want to get into the details in order to truly understand the project? That you need their support with and that feels like like of a of a piece with that so you have like the 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 deficiency of like we just can't do this something went wrong something broke and then you have the sort of like the, the management of like I, I don't know just 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 get it done kind of thing can you can you talk about some of the these these sort of harder discussions that you need to have as a project manager do you want to start, yeah so or jenny
1: <laughs> uh, go ahead jenny so and I'm I'm thinking unleashing your drill sergeant and, and and it sounds serious like right but think about it's not really drill sergeant yelling at everybody is right right how do you <laughs> put it in action
0: how do you you will have order, yeah. that
1: yeah mm-hmm. you will have most manager that don't want to get into the details and I actually like it but doesn't mean you can ask them you can escalate the point with them. So based on your communication skill, right? How can you in two minutes, without getting into the detail? Oh, the exactly. firewall configuration, yes. done, The dog eat my tail, and all of that. Don't don't mention. Hey, this is the this is the situation. We're going to be three days of delay because we have this problem. This is the system is, I need you to escalate to leadership to do what I need you to do. This. I can do certain thing. I can push out the timeline. I will need you to communicate. Or this is the timeline. Do you have any questions? As soon as we can get to the bottom line, the so we always call the so what so what to him because you got to make you want to get his attention, right? Since he doesn't want to get in the detail, so find something that will impact him that you need to convey the message that will impact him. Hey, we can't do it. It will, because of the, this, this, it will stop the deadline. In turn, it will delay whatever you're doing. It will prevent you from making this amount of dollars. Give him the so what. So he'll be like, oh, I don't want to lose money. Oh, I don't want to not meet deadline. Then exactly. that person will go into, be like, okay, tell me what you need or or why is it not done? Because at the end of the day, nobody can push and continue to push a team no matter what you're going to get done. This is not a life and death situation. They will try to understand you and try to replan and reprioritize with you as long as you communicate and you can lay out what happened.
2: I agree with that. that? I agree with that wholeheartedly. The one thing I would also say is when folks push you off because they quote, don't want to get in the details. I wonder how you may have been sharing information with them previously. If you've gotten too wordy, your emails are too long or you take too long to get to the point that can, that tends to push people away. Do exactly what Jenny said. You want to be very concise. You want to bullet point the problem in one to three sentences You want to say what you need from them. Here's what I need. And if you don't, and you want to share some solutions. So if you have them, Uh, one of the things I do when I really need someone to respond, I use my Ray line and I may say action required at risk. And, Mm -hmm. And I'll put that in all caps or I'll put that person's name on the subject line please respond by 3 p.m. with approval or whatever it is you need so that folks won't feel like they have to read through a lot of words then figure it out just to get to the to to what you need them to do and if you look at it from their perspective they've got a lot of emails they're busy lots of folks are pulling on them for their time. Um, if you can make it as simple for them as possible, you'll find that, um, folks will, will gladly give you what you need and will help you
0: out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I use the the term drill sergeant facetiously, but I, you know, I think there, there's a lot to be said on those last days because you're, you're going to have, like I said, you're going to have unexpected, uh, delays and stuff, but I think there's, there's a, a way of, of, projecting to a team like okay you know you all know what you need to do now just do this this and this and tell the management okay they're doing this this and this without you know resorting to saying like i don't care how you get it done you get it (laughs) something like that you know like no one no one responds to that other than you know with anger or shame or whatever and then it's again that's sort of like breaking up your your inner networking because you're gonna have to work with that person again eventually right
2: and Chris, something that's, um, I don't know if it's drill sergeant-esque, but mm-hmm. you want to make sure you're giving people what they need. And so your yes. you're inner drill sergeant could be making sure you've got a very crisp, on-point agenda that you've yeah. set up proper status meetings that you're quote checking in. Yeah. Because if you have a particular project, you're whatever it is you're doing, if you just sort of let folks go off on their own and you don't have a recurring cadence with them, you're not following up with uh, meeting minutes, action items, delivery dates, and ETAs for when they agree to complete something, then you don't know what you'll get a ball of spaghetti, perhaps. But if you can be very stringent with your meeting minutes, you know, Jane yep. Doe, you agreed to do X, Y, Z. Uh, you committed to that by one week from today and you put that down and documented in writing. You have something to follow up on. Jane Doe has something to refer back to. She knows what you expected from her. So that'll make life go very easy for you if you just do those basic things yeah
0: yeah no i think that's a i think that's a really great point here so all right so we're we're going to in our in our imaginary project here we're gonna we're gonna assume that we we made it we got the got the project done it was a little late but we did it anyway so uh now we're going to talk about uh, avoiding a family feud so every project has a wrap up and every project has a reporting process so Uh, And as we know, the post-project write-up is almost as important as the deliverable itself sometimes, especially if something really got away from the team or the schedule got out of whack. So, uh, Jack, I'll start with you. Can you talk about the importance of creating a supportive environment where the team can give their honest opinions and feel that they're being heard and and taken seriously? Do you have tips or Mm -hmm. strategies for preventing the end of a project from turning into a, a team squabble or a family feud?
2: Yeah. Um, and we we call that lessons learned. And usually I, I'll put together a document. Um, for me, it's usually, usually an Excel. And I'll just indicate various categories of the project. Uh, what went well? What didn't go well? What would you recommend we do differently? What mm-hmm. what could we have done differently? But one of the things I do is I say, folks, we want this to be objective. We're not here to point fingers. We're not here to make anyone look bad. Um, because, you know, sometimes uh, folks get hot under the collar They, you know, you may yeah. have been waiting for one team that was slow in your opinion, um, but maybe you didn't give them everything they needed. And so they couldn't move faster mm-hmm. for you, but they don't know that. And you don't know that. So if you set the parameters at the beginning, folks know, okay, this isn't, me to say, Jackie, if only you had, they'll rephrase that. But as the project manager, I think it's incumbent on you to set the stage. I want feedback from each of you. I want it to, I want this to be an objective meeting. How can we do better? What can we improve? If you set the stage in the beginning, when you have that meeting, um, you'll be surprised. It'll go, it'll go, it'll go very well. Let me just say, say that.
0: Mm hmm Uh, Jenny, are
1: you back there? Yes, I'm back, back, and I totally agree with what Jackie is saying. And sometimes I think it will help uh, if if you're doing a retrospective or lesson learned. Don't get management involved. Let the team, and and sometimes let them be a venting session. Just listen, because they need to pay, because some of them might work like 15 hours a day. They might not get the result you want, but that doesn't mean they didn't work hard. So let them, let them go scream, cry, vent, sing all that, and then eventually calm down. As long as they're not making it personal, they're not attacking each other. True, if true. you can open the door yeah, for the safe environment, they will talk to you. And sometimes they might not Absolutely. even be able to give you a- action. They just rant and rant and rant, but you pay attention yeah. during the ranting. Maybe that's right between the line. You might be able to grab the action out of it to help yep. them level up, to help them improve or help the team.
0: Yeah, and I think this probably goes back to what you were saying before, uh, Ginny, about you you can't just listen to the the team's issues and then go to the board and forget that you heard their their concerns and then bring back the board's recommendation, like you have to have this done by here and here. And they're like, you, you 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 listened, but you didn't listen, <laughs> whatever. So yeah. I exactly. imagine there's, there's got to be a little bit of um, – also a, a bit of a winnowing mechanism in terms of uh um you know you you need to hear like you said rant, the the ranting some of it is just frustration some of it is it was a one-off thing can't be helped but i'm still mad about it but then also being able to figure out hey there might be like a kernel of truth here this person's mm-hmm. genuinely mad that this other person didn't uh communicate effectively in time and and you know so you can't just say okay i hear you and i understand you that you have to sort of in your mind, I guess make an action plan to talk to the other person and say, "Hey, that's a that's a legitimate complaint. What do you What are we going to do to make that not happen in the future?"
1: That's very true. Right on point. Thanks, Chris.
0: Um, so, yeah, actually, we got a, a, a question um, related to that. That's why I kind of went to that that area. But Alexis uh, or Alana says, if a project involves cross functional work how do you deal with delays and getting information or assistance from other involved parties? So if I'm reading that correctly, it sounds like that's the issue of like you're writing in and you're saying, how's, how's this part going? Are you on, on point to get this done? And like you said with Jenny, the person four months later wouldn't write back or whatever is this, is this, is I think this is what they're, they're asking about. Do you have any tips for um, sort of clearing the, the the line of communication with people who uh, might be a little slow on their Slack or their email?
1: This is why project management job is so demanding and they are always seeking people. It is because of this very issue that you are. It's very
2: issue.
1: It is. Yep. It is a cross function Mm -hmm. and everything you do. And I don't really think even in industrial or education or banking, everything you do is cross function. Let's say I'm trying to build this building. You don't just talk to the people who hit to have the hammer and put the nails in. You have to mm-hmm. talk to the architect. You have to talk to finance people, make sure budget is on time. You have yeah. to talk to human yeah. resources. So anything yeah. you do is cross function. So that's right. where you come in. You come in, how do you leverage this communication? What kind of meeting are you setting up? What's your goal? What's your agenda? What do you need to talk to them? Oh, by, and by the way, four months later, this person still don't answer or, or after four emails, this person still don't yeah. answer maybe it's time to talk to his supervisor maybe it's time to mm-hmm. talk to his, his supervisor's supervisors those are very easy to say but for you as a project manager actually doing it it's not easy because with 10,000 things coming on to you and then you still have to write that email you still have to c- communicate but you do and just so that just so that everybody have the understanding you are the reason Yep. To minimize the issue, you are the point yeah. that when yes. people don't communicate, people don't answer, people don't do anything, people delay, yeah. you're the one who initial initiates yes. the action yes. of what is going on. At the end of the day, you will be tired. And mm-hmm. and, and that is just the nature of being a project manager or an, and even manager or management in general, you will have to do that. Yes, the good thing is you don't really have to get your hands dirty to actually configure or get to the hammer and put the nails in, into the building. But you right. are the one who is linking all of that together. And those are very yes. hard words. it's very important that you actually do that.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you mentioned the 10,000 things and I definitely, that, that leads perfectly into our, our last main point here, uh, the ancient art of plate spinning. So, uh, (laughs) if the work of handling this project, this one project sounded intimidating, uh, understand that most project managers are juggling multiple projects at the same time, each with its own struggles, crises, and interpersonal issues to deal with. So, um, yeah, Ginny, let's go back and, and, and start with you this time, yeah, uh, uh, so uh, can you give me some tips and advice for keeping all these plates spinning successfully? Because you you basically said like, this is the job, you're gonna be exhausted at the end of the day, but can you uh, tell me how you keep everything going while not over-promising something that can't be delivered or burning yourself out by trying to appear superhuman?
1: I can tell you it's still not easy for me. It's really yeah. not. And sometimes yeah. I will drop some balls and sometimes mm-hmm. I, I will be successful. So I, what I do is very, I need to be very organized. And sometimes one way of organizing my work at the beginning, and then later on, you have to find a different way to organize. And I could tell you, I had to do that every day because yeah, either definitely. I have a team of five or a team of 10 or something. So make sure you are flexible in the way you organize. As in saying anything, you might be using a spreadsheet. You might be using a, a Microsoft project. It depends on what you're doing but you need to understand and what happened when you need to talk to your end user, your team, your, cu- your supervisor, and your vendor at the same time. And it, it's really, I have one knocks going on. I have teams going on. I have, uh, uh, Excel spreadsheet going on. I have my email going on. I have many things going on and you do the best you can. Um, but the, 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 the action is the most important thing is you do it. Don't, don't just sit there, but I use too much, and don't write anything down. And I always get on anybody that talks to me. After I talk to you for thirty minutes, do you write anything down? Do you yeah. type anything down? You, maybe you don't have to. You have a good member. You really want to listen to me. Okay, great. But afterward, do you try to drop some notes down? Try to organize what I just told you or what just happened. If you don't do any of that, you think you go into the meeting, I'm just going to listen, oh, I will talk to management about this. Yeah, you might did the action, have done the action, but if you're not organized, you don't understand what work stream, you're not using OneNote or Excel or uh, or Project or anything to help you with organizing, you're going to fall apart, it's going to be confusing. Even I'm using all of that, I can tell you, sometimes I feel like I'm falling apart, but then I have that. So I'm going to slowly put myself together. At the end of the day, after all the meetings, I'm going to look at myself with a stone face. All right, let's look at what's, uh, what ha- what's happening. Let me try to reorganize. So it is hard work, no doubt, um, but it can be done.
0: Okay, Jackie, final thoughts here?
2: Well, I just think think about your bandwidth. You know, be be realistic, and and again, um, if you know you've got eight hours in a day, or ten hours in a day, forty hours in a week, realistically, what can you accomplish in that week? When you have a, a project, that is why you go to your team and you get them to tell you what it's going to take to get that work done. They should tell you that. When you put all that together, your SOW, your 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 charter, whatever it is that your company uses. Uh, to give you a timeline, that triple constraint, the timeline, the scope, and the budget. Can you do that within that timeline? If you can't, then that's one plate you may have to give back and say, we're maxed out. We, we can't take that on uh, and, and deliver what you want delivered with the, the, the quality standards that you want us to meet. So I think the answer to that question is Some project managers take on too much because they don't want to appear as a slacker. But in my opinion, a good project manager understands their bandwidth, understands their team's bandwidth. And you have to make a judgment call and you bubble that up to the right uh, to the right um, stakeholders or sponsors or however that works in your organization. Okay, the worst thing you can do is take on too much and then not get it done. You don't want that reputation.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so um, we are just about at the end of the hour, and I'd like to thank everyone who's. This has been one of the most vibrant uh, question uh, Q and A sections of a of a webinar that I've I've hosted so far. So we have a lot we have more questions than we're going to be able to get to in four <laughs> minutes here, but. Uh, I have one that just came in from Alexis who uh, spoke before, and I, I think it's kind of a good uh, place to maybe end on. And if we maybe if some of them, something else in there jumps out at you, Jackie or Ginny, you can answer it as well. But uh, Alexis says, looking at the topic from another angle, as a member of a project, how do I support my project manager? And <laughs> I, that almost feels like uh, maybe one or both of you like came in under an assumed name and is like, ask them how... how how my team can be, uh, <laughs> awesome. So, uh, oh, do you, yeah, do you want, you want to talk about It's a very some, nice
1: question. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's
1: really a very nice question. I would, I would love if I would love my team member to tell me if what they're doing, what's going on, giving me uh, a, a, a update even on a short email. Hey, this is what I do, uh, this day. And this is the status of my task. And yes, I'll be on yes. time or I need one more day. And, and yep. just a simple follow up will help your project manager a great deal. Just to let her, him, or her know, like where you're at, at what you're
0: doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything, to add Um I saw, second? I, I,
1: uh, I
2: saw a question that said, "How do you transition from IT or telecom into cyber?" So you, if you, if you are a, a telecom project manager, go to your. Uh, go to the folks who manage your cyber projects. If you have a PMO, someone's managing your cyber portfolio, express your interest. You, you're a project manager. You have those transferable skills. It's just a matter of subject matter. So mm-hmm. if, if you, if you can do that internally, if you have that, but um, let's say you don't Beca- look for the job you want map out the skills it's asking for. Where does your skill set align with that? So this, this isn't hard. Project managers manage the triple constraint. You can take that to a different industry. Um, Regarding the, as a member of a project, how do I support my project manager? Depending on your What you own in that project, that's the answer, right? So if you are a coder, producing the code on time or when it's needed. And a good project manager, in my opinion, will have that action item list, will have the meeting minutes that will enable the team to understand what's expected of them and when it's expected of them, you know, maintaining an up-to-date project plan or however you're managing your your stories, issues, and tasks, JIRA or something like that. So mm-hmm. um, usually when you're a member of a team, a project manager is expecting something specific from you. The minute you think that's going to fall behind, the minute you run into a problem, bubble that up to your project manager, um, because that person can probably remove the roadblocks for you faster. um, Because a project is basically a business's investment. Right. So they want that investment to go well. (laughs) So definitely um, keep your project manager in the loop.
0: All right. Well, we still have more questions, and we are at time here. So I'm, I'm, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to your questions, uh, sort of post event. But thank you all for for all of your your great inquiries here. So uh, I'd like to just again thank everyone at home or at the office who's listening and watching to today's episode of Cyberwork Live. This was a blast. Uh, if you enjoyed today's event and you enjoyed our guests, I'll point out that new episodes of the Cyberwork podcast are available every Monday at 1 p.m. Central, both on video at our YouTube page and on audio, wherever you get your download podcasts. Uh, you can also check out past guests, including a whole episode each with Jackie and Ginny, as well as a previous Cyberwork Work Live on project management uh, from the, the lens of um, uh, learning to sell yourself, learning to sell your skills. Uh, so you can check those all out at infosecinstitute.com slash podcast, and we'll also post direct links to uh, these past episodes in the resource section here. So uh, before we go, uh, we'll be picking today's winner for a free year of InfoSec skills, which includes more than 190 learning paths where you can train for things like incident response, ethical hacking, security management, and your project management professional certification. So everyone uh, can go to the link on the screen and get a free seven-day trial. But the winner for the full year is... It is John L. at Principal Financial Services. Congratulations to John L. for that. Um, uh, So be on the lookout for an email with coupon code from us early next week. Uh, And uh, until then, every week on CyberWork listeners are asking us the same question. A lot of you in the chat have asked us that as well. What cybersecurity skills should I learn? Well, try this. Go to infosecinstitute.com slash free to get your free cybersecurity talent development ebook. It's got in-depth training plans for the 12 most common roles, including SOC analyst, penetration tester, cloud security engineer, information risk analyst, privacy manager, secure coder, and more. Uh, We took notes from employees and uh, employers and a uh, team of subject matter experts to build training plans that align with the most on-demand skills. You can use these plans as is or customize them to create a unique training plan that aligns with your unique career goals. So once again, uh, go to infosecinstitute.com slash free, or click the link, which I believe will be in your uh, resources section here to get your free training plans. Uh, plus many more free resources for our Cyber Work listeners. Do it, infosecinstitute.com slash free. Lastly, thank you once again to our wonderful panelists, Jackie Olshak and Ginny Morton, for joining us today, and thank you to all of our guests for attending and submitting more great questions and feedback than we knew what to do with. We really appreciate yeah. you.